What's up, guys? Welcome back to another installment of our podcast, Inside of a Podcast. This podcast, Inside of a Podcast, is entitled Obedience, and this is the fourth installment of Obedience here in 2020. I started this podcast in January of this year. We're doing one episode a month. However, Today is Wednesday, April 1st, and this technically is our March episode. So I had every intention of recording this episode um, March 30th or 31st, and that didn't happen for various reasons. So we're recording it on Monday, or excuse me, on Wednesday, April 1st. However, this is technically March's episode. You will receive another installment in uh, obedience this month, April. Uh, So we will be back on track. But this is the fourth episode. We did two in January, one in February. And now here we are in April. Now, for those of you who don't know, welcome to this podcast inside of a podcast. So the overarching podcast is the Black Health Academy podcast. And Obedience is essentially all of my solo episodes. So the Black Health Academy podcast is a podcast that I record with my best friend and my co-host and health coach inside of the academy, Miss Get Fit With Jack. And her and I record together. It's always a hilarious good time where we talk about everything from health to, uh, and that includes plant-based nutrition, physical fitness, you know, mental health, emotional health, self-awareness, discipline, and all the fun stuff in between. And so Jay and I will return on schedule next week with another episode. However, this podcast, Obedience, is my solo podcast. And this uh, occurs just one time per month. And this is where I focus on more uh, more subject matter around business, personal development, self-enhancement, and all of the fun things that I enjoy. Um, And so this will be another installment of that. Now, this episode is super dope because this is what we call our title track. Okay, so the name of the podcast is Obedience, Obedience, and the name of this episode is Obedience. With everything going in the world right now, going on in the world right now, we're smack dab in the middle of a pandemic with coronavirus or COVID-19 literally killing thousands upon thousands of people. And I've observed quite a few things since this pandemic has started. And I want to share those things with you today. But the theme is obedience. So I thought this was the perfect time for our title track. Okay, it's just like a record. You know how you have an album and then the artist has various song titles, but one of the song titles is the title of the album. That's what this is. Okay, (laughs) this episode is entitled Obedience and you'll soon learn why. Now, as always, I like to share what I'm sipping on while I'm recording these solo episodes. I do that one so I can just let you into the room with me a little bit, but two, so that when I take those awkward pauses, you'll know why. When I'm recording these solo episodes, I usually go for at least an hour and my mouth gets dry sometimes and I like to have a beverage nearby. So I'm usually almost always sipping on tea and today it's no different. 
Now, I thought it would be quite fitting for this episode for me to be sipping on some elderberry tea. So elderberry is extremely beneficial for immune support. And with everything that's going on with COVID-19 and this virus, it is exceptionally important that we're protecting ourselves from the inside out. And that all has to do with our immune system. So throughout this episode, you may hear brief pauses that sound like this. And it is in those moments where I am sipping my elderberry tea. Mom um, had a big stock of it. I went over there and got some from her. Then I went to the store and bought some myself. And it's all the rage. Like everyone was in the store trying to get elderberry tea. So um, I have have some real actual elderberries here. And then I also have some pre-made elderberry tea. And the particular brand that I'm drinking is uh, Buddha Teas. Comes in like in a black and white box, like some gold trim or something. But Buddha tea is the brand. Elderberry is the flavor. And that's what I'll be sipping on throughout this episode. So feel free to join me with your beverage as you listen. I encourage you um, to sip, get your personal development on, you know, get your emotional health on, get your decompression on. I know people listen to this podcast for various reasons. So it wouldn't hurt to create a space and an environment that's conducive to that, right? Sometimes we get sick of listening and doing and trying to capture um, and compile information on the go. And sometimes I feel it's so beneficial to just sit down and be still or uh, be still whilst doing like a casual walk or something. So I would usually walk down to the water near my home, pop in some headphones and just listen to the podcast and just stroll and focus on whatever I'm doing or whatever I'm listening to. I find that to be extremely beneficial. So um, I encourage you to do the same. So you can take all this stuff in and not be trying to do a million things at once. Okay. Anyway, let me get out your business. Okay. So obedience, let's get into it. I'm going to start this episode by defining what obedience is. Obedience as defined by... The dictionary is compliance with an order, request, or law, or submission to another's authority. Again, obedience is compliance with an order, request, or law, or submission to another's authority. Now, I love this definition. It's 100% dead accurate because when I talk about obedience today, I'm literally talking about you living out your calling in life. I'm literally talking about you living out your purpose in life. I'm literally talking about where that perfect interact intersection where your gifts and your talents and your purpose collides. Okay. And that is my definition of obedience is that perfect intersection where your gifts, your talents, and your purpose collides. But as defined by a dictionary, obedience is compliance with an order, request, or law, or submission to another's authority. Now, the reason I like this definition as well is because in this case, compliance with the request or order, that order, that request, or that person of authority in this in this occurrence is coming from that higher power, right? Regardless of what you call him or her, whether you're spiritual, whether you're religious, that higher power, God, that higher power, Jehovah, you know, that higher power is the one who is guiding your purpose, your talents and your gifts. And so therefore, 
if you are out of alignment or if you are disobedient to what your calling is in life, then you are now disregarding an order from that higher power. You're disregarding a request from that higher power. And you guys all know what I mean because even if you're living in your purpose right now, there's a time, there may be, there may be a time where you were not, right? Now, there's a few of us that have been blessed enough and have had our our life path be one where we were always in an, in alignment our entire life. But there's many more of us for whom that is not the case. And for those of us who have not always been in alignment, for those of us who are not currently in alignment, um, we are we were disobedient or we are being disobedient. And, and because of that, we are not complying to an order or request from that higher power, right? You and you felt it before. You you know the feeling to be doing something that you're not meant to do. You know the feeling to be working a job um, or doing a task or even volunteering for something that's not truly who you are. It's not realizing your true gifts. So I want to define what your gifts, your talents, and your purpose are for you today. And moreover, I want to make an observation on how those things have become glaringly apparent to me during this pandemic that we're all in. Wonderful observation. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. I got so excited about it. I started taking all these wonderful notes. (laughs) And now here we are on the podcast. So I'll be jumping around my notes here. Let me take a pause. Okay, so we're all in this pandemic together, which means we're all we got, okay? And it's now our responsibility to lean in to our purpose because if everybody is in alignment in this moment of worldwide, you know, panic, chaos, worldwide anxiety, death, destruction, economic downturn, you know, um, it's it's going to take a toll on all of us in one way or, or another. However, if we're all in alignment and we're all obedient in this moment, we have the potential to come out of this thing better than we were going in for a variety of purposes. So let me give you let me give you an observation that I noticed, and then I'll get into defining gifts and talent and purpose and what all of that truly means. Okay, so. What I noticed is that I was watching everybody during this pandemic be obedient. And what that means is I personally am highly attracted to individuals who are living out their purpose. Very attracted. Like I'm drawn to people who are living out their purpose. Now, the part of the reason I'm able to identify whether or not someone's living out their purpose is because I am. Right. So I am living out my purpose as a a teacher um, and those gifts and those talents are my communication. My I'm great with speaking. I'm great with writing and I'm living out my purpose. And I know not only what it feels like, I know what that energy feels like and I can sense it on other people. And so when I watch other people in action, I get so attracted to them when they when they are being obedient and when they're being obedient I want to give them my most valuable resources which is my time my money and my attention I'll give an example the pastor of my church pastor Ken Locke right he is living out his purpose every time I watch pastor Ken Locke preach 
every single time I am just like floored. I am absolutely in awe. I am happy. I am believing every word that comes out of his mouth. I am impressed. I am inspired. I am motivated, right? Number one, because I'm a speaker myself and I am drawn to great or orators. I am drawn to it and I think it's amazing. And so every time I hear Kim Locke speak, I want to give him my time, my money, and my attention. And I do, right? Um, every time I hear my good friend, uh, Coach Kiwi, lead an instruction class, every time I hear her or watch her lead a group fitness instruction class, I am drawn to her. I always um, stand up front. I'm always in the front row of the exercise class because I don't want my view to be obstructed. Because every time somebody's living out their purpose, I need a front row seat. Okay, because obedience is so attractive to me. Another person, uh, Dr. Eric Thomas, he's a, the number most number one motivational speaker in the world right now. Every time I watch E.T. speak, whether it's on a YouTube video or whether I've paid to go to one of his conferences or events or if I'm listening to his podcast every time I am just like, yes, yelling, high five and pumping my fists in the air, getting excited, agreeing, taking notes, sharing it with my friends. You know, I am so excited because he, the passion exudes, right? Pours out of him, right? The conviction and what he's saying pours out of him. The evidence of his study, the evidence of the time it took him to master what he's talking about is clear. And I am in love, okay? I am in love with obedience, guys. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm in love with obedience. And because I'm in love with obedience, I've been able to cultivate an ecosystem where I surround myself with people who are being obedient. And, and then I give them, like I mentioned earlier, my most valuable resources, my time, my money, and my attention. I've paid to go through Kiwi's uh, fitness programs. I've paid to go to ET's conferences. I tithe when I go to church with Kenlock. Like I give them my money. But then I also give them my time and my attention. I show up to their programs. I click on their links. I buy their books and their courses and their conferences. It's important to me because I am in love with obedience. And so when I see somebody standing in their purpose and they're obedient and the thing that's on the other side of my money is their gift. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a no brainer for me. It's a, it's an instant sale every single time, especially if I'm in the market for that thing. And when you're able to recognize someone being obedient, you'll never have to worry about being scammed. I'm going to say it again. When you're able to recognize someone being obedient, someone living in their pure purpose, you never have to worry about being scammed. The only thing I have to consider when I'm trying to decide whether or not to give these people my time, money, or attention is if it can fit in my schedule and if it can fit in my budget, not whether or not what they're not, whether or not they're going to deliver what they say they're going to deliver. That never crosses my mind, right? Doesn't fit in my budget and doesn't fit in my schedule. That's the only things I have to consider. I'm never considering the credibility of them because they're living out their purpose and their obedience and that energy exudes every single time. The amount of time and uh, and they've poured into their talent, it exudes 
every single time. And so you have to learn how to recognize obedience in other individuals. And that is how you begin to curate an ecosystem of high performing professionals that you can tap into whenever you're in a market for that thing, right? If I want to drop some weight or tone, put on some muscle mass, I'm going straight to Kiwi. I, she's in my ecosystem now. She's in my personal board of directors now. And I'm so lucky, you know, she's in my contact list in my phone. We're friends, right? But even if we weren't, like I'm not personal friends with Kim, like I'm not personal friends with ET. However, they are, when I'm in the market for motivation, when I'm in the market for inspiration, when I go straight to ET. I don't even have to worry about, it's nothing I have to think about. When I'm in the market for faith, when I need to re- remind it, you know, who I truly belong to and where I come from, then I go straight to Kenlock. Like I, ha- when once you craft that ecosystem of people who are being obedient, you will never be poor, right? You will never be lacking, right? Because you already have that resource in your back pocket. So anyway, I had to start off by telling you guys how in love I was with obedience, how I'm, how I've been able to recognize it and what they get from me <laughs> every single time. Now, let's get into what I've noticed during this pandemic. So with that being said, with me, with me being intentional about surrounding myself with obedient people, one of the things I've noticed since this um, coronavirus pandemic has started is that um my close friends and my colleagues are all attacking this virus from their own specific vantage point. Everyone in my timeline, in my email box, sometimes in my group chat, um, they're all attacking the virus from their own vantage point. And that's because they're all being obedient to their calling. And I'm going to give you quick examples. Okay. So I gave you an example of Kiwi, fitness coach, right? So every time I see a fitness coach or a personal trainer who is truly meant to be a fitness coach and a personal trainer, what did Kiwi do? As soon as she had to shut down her gym, she began leading virtual workouts online immediately, right? And in those virtual workouts, she had the exact same energy that she has if you were taking her class in, on purpose, or excuse me, in person. She had that exact same energy, that exact same excitement. She quickly put together an entire online program so that her people, her clients would not miss their workouts, right? And so from her vantage point, she's attacking the coronavirus from her proverbial stage, which is fitness and personal training, right? So instantly I see Kiwi coming down my timeline doing workouts. Okay. My yoga and my mindfulness instructors, right? Like my good friend, Brielle, my good friend, Lisa, my good friend, Maya, all of them are yogis. They do everything from meditation to chakra work um, to, you know, uh, breath work uh, to healing, to energy work. And what comes down my timeline, timeline, each one of them doing just that. They're leading public meditations, private meditations. They're doing virtual yoga. They're doing virtual breathing. I saw Lisa doing a video where she was showing people how to uh, do the steam inhaling of like what fruits and vegetables to boil and inhale that, you know, like 
it was, I saw every single person, you know, Brielle's doing these wonderful meditative practices on IG live. She's in my inbox talking about meditation, specifically why meditation is important in this critical time in our history, because a lot of us are anxious. A lot of us are worried. A lot of us are overwhelmed. And so she's making sure from her vantage point that she's attacking the coronavirus from her purpose, right? So we got Kiwi with the workouts, right? We have Lisa and Brielle and Maya doing the yoga and the meditation and the breathing and basically recentering our spirits, right? Two totally different vantage points. Then down my timeline comes my good friend, Damara, who's a therapist. And I see she's offering complimentary sessions for those who are feeling overwhelmed and out of sorts, right? She's a therapist. And her her purpose has always been to um, be in a therapeutic place for people who are in need from a mental health standpoint. And so she's attacking the coronavirus from a therapeutic standpoint. Now, these are people who I personally have their phone numbers in my phone. So I'm saying this not from, because we see this, a lot of you guys have seen this as well online, but that doesn't mean that every person that's offering it is living their purpose. It maybe it was just something they were already doing. Maybe it's their side hustle. It may or may not be their passion. That's a whole nother thing. But these people, I specifically know for certain this is their thing. This is what they do. This is what they've always done. And so, of course, when the pandemic hit, they're just doing that with regard to the to the coronavirus. Right. And so here comes tomorrow. She's offering these complimentary sessions and from uh, for free, you know, as a therapist, do you need to talk to somebody? She ain't trying to do workouts. She ain't trying to do, you know, meditations with you guys. She's offering therapy. And then right behind that, down my timeline, comes my good friend Lungi. Now she's an activist. And so what does what, what is Lungi posting about? Lungi is posting about awareness. She's bringing awareness to us to remember the importance of our hourly workers, our healthcare providers, and why they deserve things like a minimum wage increase, right? Um, Why they deserve to be acknowledged, respected, how we should never talk down about people who work hourly jobs or or blue collar jobs, right? And Lungi ain't leading workouts. She ain't leading meditations and she ain't offering therapists therapy. She's a, she was an activist before Corona. I've always known her as an activist and she's an activist in the midst of the pandemic. And she's helping us recognize who we should be protecting, right? She's standing up for the people who are, who often don't have representation, right? Who we sometimes look down upon in our society. And so in this case, during the coronavirus, the people that she's highlighting are our hourly workers, our healthcare workers, our lower wage workers who are essentially carrying us through this thing and keeping us alive, right? So Lungi is being an activist. She's living in her purpose and she's being obedient during coronavirus, right? Next, down my timeline, Pastor Kenlock and a bunch of other spiritual leaders, people who I know are grounded in faith. And during this time, they're leading us in prayer, right? They're, they're leading us and in worship. And so, you know, right away, I I go to my church website and they're like, here's all our online services we'll be having. Join, you know, Pastor Kenlock on Facebook Live. 
Or you can literally drive up in the parking lot and listen online just so if you want to be physically in the presence of the spirit, honey. I was like, what? Drive up worship. Because I, I was watching him on Facebook Live and he's like, for those of y'all in the park lot, parking lot for our drive up worship. I said, drive up worship. Like he's making sure every single platform and option is available to you to get the word in the midst of the pandemic. Kenlock is leaning in, leaning more into his purpose during this thing, leaning more in into his obedience during this thing. So our spiritual leaders are keeping us grounded in our faith and reminding us who's truly in charge right? It ain't coronavirus or COVID-19 that's truly in charge. And so we need our spiritual leaders to guide us through this thing and remind us who's truly in charge. Then down my timeline comes my comedians, honey. So I have a couple comedians that I really, really like that I follow on social media. And every single time I go to their page, they are doing some type of mini stand-up act, um, or giving their opinion on something surrounding coronavirus and adding a whole layer of funny to it. So in the midst of our anxiety and our overwhelm and our anxiousness and us, you know, the 24-7 news cycle only talking about how many people are dying and, you know, how dire it is right now, which is all true and we all need to know, but we have our comedians who are who helps us laugh through a lot of it, who helps us release some of that stress through a lot of it, right? And so I go to their pages on social media or their YouTube pages and I'm listening to them um, you know, give their assessment of the coronavirus from an extremely funny standpoint, right? They're leaning into their purpose and they're being obedient to their gifts. So these comedians were comedians before. They didn't turn off or turn down the volume on their purpose. They turned up the volume. Everyone I just named, the fitness coach, the yogis, the therapists, the activists, the spiritual leaders, the comedians, turned up the volume and became even more obedient during this pandemic. Finally, myself, I... I am a plant-based person. Like instantly when this started happening, I'm like, oh, okay, we're not about to talk about weight loss. Like if you follow me on social media or if you're on my email list, if you've come to any of my virtual nutrition classes I've done since coronavirus has started, what am I leaning into? I'm talking about immunity. I'm talking about that immune system. I'm talking about how to protect yourself from the inside out. I'm talking about what foods you should be eating, what foods you should not be eating. I've done several radio interviews. I've done a few podcast interviews during this time. And during this entire time, I'm talking about immunity. We'll get back to weight loss when this is over, right? We'll get back to discipline and mindfulness when this, this is over. In this moment, we are pressed for high-performing immune systems. That happens to be my area of expertise, nutrition and health. And so every, if you go to my Facebook page, my last 10 posts have all been about, here's another tip how to protect your immune system. Here's what you should be eating, what you shouldn't be eating. And I, that wasn't like a strategic thing that I thought about, like how can I capitalize on coronavirus? I just instantly decided, what do people need from Lisa in this moment as the health and plant-based expert, what do they need from me? What does my purpose say I should be tapping into right now? How can I be more obedient in this pandemic than not, right? 
And so those are the observations that I've made in watching all of these, these things unfold. And it has given me so much joy. It's given me so much joy to watch all of my friends and colleagues be so obedient. And I was reminded at how blessed and how lucky I am to have an ecosystem of these phenomenal men and women who are all living in their purpose. The energy, the vibes are so wonderful when you are surrounded by people who are living in their purpose. Because whatever's going on in the world, they're going to be, they're going to do more of that. And when everybody does, does more of what they're supposed to be doing, it gives all of us collectively a better chance at pulling through at a high level, right? And so I'm like, ooh, I'm lucky. I, I, got, I can pull on anybody at any moment, anybody at any moment. Like I am good, right? And so let's talk a little bit about what it means to be obedient because some of us are not there yet. And so I want to define some things. And I want to remind you guys of some things. And then I'm going to, at the end, I'm going to give you about three or four tips on what to do if you're not there yet. But first, I want to start off by defining some things. Give me a moment. Okay. So, you know, I started doing business coaching um, last year in 2019. And the reason I started doing business coaching is because I could no longer say no. It was it was nothing that I it, I've always had a huge passion around business. Um, matter of fact, before this podcast was the Black Health Academy podcast, it was the Professionally Fit podcast, and it was about business and health. However, you know, nutrition kind of took off. I'm in love with nutrition, so I've built my companies and my brand strictly around nutrition. However. I was a little more forced into business coaching, I would say, uh, last year, because after certain speaking engagements, I would have people come up to me and say, you know, do you, uh, how can you teach me to do what you do? Like, I want to learn how to be a speaker. I want to start my own health and wellness business, my own coaching business. Can you teach me? Can you help me? And I would get those from time to time. And I would say, no, I just do health coaching. Um, I don't teach business. Right. And then finally I got sick of saying no and decided to pull the trigger on this thing. So I took on some coaching clients and, and they've just exponentially grown organically throughout the last several months. Right. So one of the first business clients that I took on, um, he was in the audience at one of my speaking gigs and I was at a speaking gig. It was at a gym um, in one of our in Southfield, a suburb of Detroit. And I will only have, I don't think I was only on a mic for maybe 30, 45 minutes. Right. I'm sure I went over. <laughs> And after, you know, I spoke, I, you know, I invited people to join me over at my table where I was selling my recipe book and answering questions. And so this gentleman stood in line and he, when it finally became his turn, you know, he's like, where'd you learn how to speak? <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, I've never really had formal training. I've never taken a class or anything. It's just kind of my gift. And, um, He's like, well, you know, I want you to coach me. I want to be a speaker and I thought you were amazing and I want you to coach me. And I said, okay, well, here's my number. Give me a call, right? Um, and, and when you do that, you know, it's then in their ball court. Is there is their opportunity to follow up or not? Now, I rarely do business like that. And what I mean by that is I rarely put the ball 
in the consumer's hand. I rarely leave the next step up to them. The way I teach business is that you always stay in the alpha position and you always control the interaction because people really do want from you what they say they want, but their follow through and their execution may not always be great. And so you have to stay on top of the entire transaction until you close the deal. Okay. So that's one of my principles in business. So what I did with him was um, I just said, here's my number. Call me if you're serious. And and usually it's the other way around. I'm like, what's your number? I'm going to take your number. Are you available Tuesday at four? I'm going to call you at that time to talk about you becoming plant-based. That's how I usually acquire clients. And so, but this time, you know, business coaching wasn't my thing. I wasn't really doing it. So whatever. Well, he called, he called the very next day, as a matter of fact. And he said, how much do you charge for business coaching? I told him and he's been a business client ever since, ever since. And we started, I think it was in March of 2019. So, or March or May. So we're coming up on, on a year and we've had a phenomenal, phenomenal relationship and a phenomenal time. And I'm telling you all this, the reason this is important is because one of the things he said to me in our recent business coaching client uh, sessions is that Lisa, when I heard you speak, he said, I knew what you were saying about health was important, but I couldn't focus on that. <laughs> he said, I was so in awe by how well you spoke, your delivery. I was watching your mannerisms. I was watching how you controlled the crowd. I was watching how if somebody got you off track or off topic, you were able, you remembered where you were and you got right back on. I was watching how you demanded um, action from the audience as opposed to just, you know, making suggestions. You made them commit to, you know, taking the things you were telling them and using it. He's, he was basically watching me as a speaker, right? And basically watching me as a business owner. And he said, so I really don't know what you said about water or sugar exactly, <laughs> but I knew that I wanted you as my coach. I knew I wanted you in my life. And essentially what he was saying is what I just said to you about the other the other people that I've watched, you know, the ETs, the Kenlocks, the Coach Kiwis, is that he was attracted to obedience and purpose, right? And that was so mind-blowing for him that he knew he wanted to spend his most valuable assets, time, money, and attention on me, right? Which I was super, super honored, right? And, and we've had a phenomenal business relationship ever since. Um, I've helped him start his coaching business. He's up to six clients. It's been a phenomenal journey and he's an amazing coach and he doesn't coach in health, something totally different. But, um, so what though, what, what he was attracted to was what I'm inevitably attracted to. And, and so now I want to give you some definitions on what that looks like. Okay. So I told you earlier that my definition of obedience is that beautiful inter intersection of gifts, talents, and purpose. And so I'm going to define each one of those for you right now because I think we often use the terms interchangeably, right? Um, use your gifts. Are you living out your purpose? You know, you're, you're talented in this, right? And so let's define what, what each one of those means. So I'm going to start with your gift. Your gift is what naturally comes easier for you than it does for most other people. Okay, so your gift is something that doesn't take much work or effort from you. 
A gift is something that was given to you, i.e. gift, right? Gift was given to you. You didn't necessarily earn it. It was given to you, okay? It was a gift. And um, it's what naturally comes easier. My gift, for example, is communication, whether that be speaking or writing. I'm good at both. And um, it's said that public speaking is one of the most common phobias in the world. Yet, for me, it's the one thing I can't live without. Like, I need a mic, I need people, I need an audience, I need the masses, and I am ready to give my voice and I can go for hours, right? So my gift is communication. It's I've never taking taken a class on communication I've never studied public speaking I've never been a member of Toastmasters I've never you know taken a you know um trained or been an apprentice under a big speaker or motivational speaker like nobody's ever gave me tips on how to make eye contact or work the audience or whatever like I it happens naturally for me when I get up and I speak the volume gets turned down on everything else in the room and I have the attention and focus of those people in that audience and I do it naturally. That is my gift, okay? When I write, when I write, whether it's a blog or an email, an ebook, whatever it is, when I write, I get compliments. People reply, this was so well written. Oh my God, the way you put this, the emotion in it is so amazing. You're such a good writer. It is my gift. I love it. I communicate well on paper and I communicate well in person. Um, it was given to me. I didn't work hard to acquire that gift. Okay, so that is your gift. It's what comes easier to you um, than it does for most other people. Now, a talent is what you've invested time and money into mastering. Okay, so your gift is given. Your talent is typically bought. <laughs> like that? Yeah, I'm on a roll now. Let me get some tea. Okay, if you ain't going to entertain yourself on a solo podcast, who's going to do it? Okay, so a talent is what you've invested your time and money into mastering. For me, one of my talents, for example, is business. I know business. I know about, you know, branding and, and marketing and, and building out systems and sales, but that didn't come naturally for me. That was something I went to school for. I have an MBA. I have a master's in business administration, and it also came through implementation experiences. I started my first company in 2015. I've tried to start subsequent companies since then. I've started my second company that still exists today in 2017. And if you guys listened to the last episode entitled My Favorite Failures, I went over some of the things I started that no longer no longer exist today, like the Detroit Fit Mob or B-Box, right? So make sure if you haven't, go back and listen to episode three of Obedience, where I talk about some of the businesses or um, uh, things I've tried starting that didn't pan out, right? But even though they don't exist in that form today, you best believe the time and energy and exposure that was required to start those things came with a host of lessons, right? And so that lended to my ability to master business. And so business, where it's not my gift, it is definitely my talent. And so when the, part of the reason I started business coaching 
um, about a year ago is not because, not just because, and this is really important, not just because people were asking me to do it. Just because somebody asks you to do it doesn't mean you're qualified, okay? But the reason people ask, the reason I did it when people asked me to do it is also because I had confidence in the fact that I had mastered it. I had confidence in the fact that I knew that I could help these individuals grow or build or start their business because it is a talent of mine. We should never do anything just because somebody asks and it seems like, okay, where there's a demand, people ask me, so I should do this thing. No. Have you literally spent time, money, and energy studying this thing to master it? So I've went to school and got a business degree. I've started multiple companies, two of which that are still around today. I've been tapped to run somebody else's company for them, which I still do today. And um, I do a host and plethora. I, excuse me, I willingly do a host and plethora of continuing education, right? Meaning I take business classes or I read business books. I listen to business podcasts. I subscribe to people who teach business and follow and learn. So I continue to learn willingly, right? And so that's how I know that business is a talent of mine. I've invested time, money, and energy into mastering at a high level. So when people came a-knocking, me initially turning them down was strictly a bandwidth thing. I didn't have the time or whatever. But when I, after, you know, so many people came a knocking, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this thing because I'm super passionate about business. I talk about it all the time. I speak about it. Um, I've, I've, you know, done entrepreneurship conferences and lectures. And, and so I, I wasn't, it wasn't a stranger to me. Right. So talent is something that you invest time, money, money, and attention into mastering. And for me, that's business. Gift is what you're given. And for me, that's communication. Okay. So you got the difference between gift and talent, right? Um, however, what's the gift, what's the relationship between gifts and talent? And how does that relate to your purpose? So your gifts and your talents are vehicles to serve your purpose. Now, Your gift and your talents are simply used to live out your purpose. So my purpose is not communication. My purpose is not business. My purpose is teaching. Mm. Did it just get juicy or not? Or am I just over here impressing myself in quarantine? Whatever. Okay. So my purpose is teaching. I use my gift of communication to do that. My purpose is teaching and I use my gift uh, or my talent of mastering business to do that. Okay. So in everything that I do, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I'm teaching. Like I am a phenomenal teacher. That's my purpose. My purpose is to teach on this podcast right now. I'm teaching when I lead my farm to table courses. I'm teaching. I've created courses. That's the, I've literally created curriculums and courses for years. I teach. That's what I do. Right. And I use my gift of communication to do that. My gift of, com- of communication, communicating verbally in front of the people, my gift of communication on paper where I'm building out the curriculums and the workbooks and the recipe books. Right. And so, th- but my purpose is teaching. 
I am an educator and I will be remembered as one of the great educators and entrepreneurs of my time. And I know I will. Right. And so my 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 purpose is what happens when my gifts and my talents collide. Make sense? Okay. So I said all that to say, when we are obedient, it means that our gifts and our talents have this perfect marriage that allows us to live out our purpose. And we thereby are being obedient to our calling. So my calling is teaching. That's my purpose. I'm doing it. And therefore, I am obedient. And when I'm obedient, I recognize what obedience looks and feels like. And there, that means I, I, I'm attracted to other obedient people and entities. I intentionally get in or let them into my ecosystem or get in their ecosystem. And I am surrounded by people who are obedient. And here's why that is important. Um, if you are have not been able to identify your gift or your talent or your purpose, I'm going to give you three or four things right now that you can do in order to do that. Because we all have those things. We all have gifts. We all have talents. We all have purpose. Um, but some of us, unfortunately, don't know what that is. Or some of us just live in fear and executing whatever it may be. Okay. So now I want to talk really briefly about what it means or how, how do you achieve that? Like, how do you get to that perfect intersection? So first things first, first tip is soak up obedient energy, right? Okay. So that means that right now you're listening to this and, um, you're hearing me speak, you're hearing me go in about this thing and, um, I'm sure you've been around people who are living in their purpose as well, right? So maybe for you, it's your pastor too, or, you know, maybe for you, it's your good friend who bakes cakes. Um, maybe, you know, it's your, your nail tech or your hairstylist, like that's what they were meant to do and they're doing it. So how can you get around people who are being obedient so that you can recognize it more? Because when you can recognize it more, you are more likely to be able to generate that same energy for yourself. Not only that, though, it's going to motivate you and inspire you in those moments where you feel fear and that fear is paralyzing you because the feeling of the fear ain't the problem. It's the paralysis that's the problem, right? I, I um, take action through fear all the time, right? Nearly every day, or at least every day when we was, wasn't in a pandemic, <laughs> um, but uh, feeling fear ain't the problem, okay? It's the paralysis that the fear causes that's the problem. So we don't want to eliminate the feeling of the fear. We want to eliminate the paralysis. And so it's important to get around obedient energy so that you can watch how they navigate it. Because see, what's going to happen though, and you got to be careful, is they're going to make it look easy. And they're going to make it look easy because it's their purpose. And so you're going to feel like they're fearless. And you, my friend, are wrong. Right. None of us that live out our purpose are fearless. Right. We just don't have paralysis. Right. We're just mobile through our fear. OK. And so it, but when you get around it and you befriend these people. Right. And you talk to them and you hear their stories and you hear how they did it and you hear how they're doing it and you hear how they maintain it. 
that's when you be able you you're able to um, get that jump start that you need to take that very next step in your journey. So first things first, soak up obedient energy because that is some of the best conversations and anecdotes that you'll ever hear. Um, and those it, it, it's a one it's an absolutely amazing feeling, you know, to be in the front row at one of Kiwi's classes or to be at a conference where E.T. is speaking. Like, I'm just like, oh, this energy is just so juicy. OK, so that's tip number one. Tip number two to get reach that perfect interse- intersection where your gift and talents collide with your purpose is that. You have to separate and identify your gift, talents, and purpose. So I told you how to how I defined them, right? Now I want you to do the work of um, defining them for yourself and being very specific on what each one is and stop using the terms interchangeably, okay? Stop using the terms interchangeably because sometimes we might think, for example, that our talent is our purpose. Like, uh, no, just because you went to school um, for accounting or just because you went to law school or just because you went to cosmetology school, the world is telling you that's what you should be doing because you've invested your time, money and intention into acquiring this talent. But that ain't that don't mean it's your purpose. Now, for me, I invested time, money, energy into business, and it turns out that I love it. But just be, but I also, because my master's is in business, I also invested time, money, and attention into social work. I went to school for a bachelor's and I got a degree in psychology and started a career in social work. That's also a talent of mine. I could go back to social work. But it ain't a gift and it dog is sure enough ain't a purpose. And I didn't fall in love with it. So that's one talent that I'm not using. So your talent is not necessarily your purpose. Okay. Your talent is never your gift. Okay. Because you wouldn't have to spend money to master it if it was your gift. But understand that the world tells us that our talents are our purpose or your talent is your gift. And that's just not necessarily true. Okay. So make sure you sit down and do the work of separating the three. What is my talent or what are my talents? It could be a laundry list of things that you've mastered. Um, What is my gift? And I'm not saying you have just one, but that list is going to be shorter. And then what is my purpose? And sometimes that's still even harder to pinpoint. But sit down and dedicate the time to filling out each one of those. Tip number three. Um, If you're not sure then you need to work on self-awareness, okay? And chronicle your work and your leisure history. What I mean by that? So you're like, okay, Lisa, I done sat down, wrote down gift, wrote down talent, wrote down purpose, and I can't seem to come to a conclusion that makes sense, okay? Then I would tell you that we need to increase your level of self-awareness and chronicle your work and leisure history. That means I want you to think about when you were most happy and why, like what were you doing in those happy moments? And those moments are points in your life where time could have stood still, allowing you to live out your life in that moment and you would have died happy. (laughs) Okay. Now this sounds dramatic and extreme and that's because it is because we're talking about purpose, honey. Okay. So again, I'm going to say that again. You're going to chronicle your work and your leisure history. 
And you're going to do that by thinking about when you were most happy and why. And that, that means what point in your life could time have stopped? And what points in your life could time have stood still, allowing you to live out your life in that moment and you would have died happy? That's how I feel when I'm on a stage with a mic in my hand. Okay, like time could stop right here in the middle of this lecture and I can live out my life on this stage speaking and teaching and cracking jokes and answering questions and solving health problems. Like I can live out my moment right here. I can live out my moment right here, live out my life right here, and I can die happy on this stage with this mic in my hand. That's how I know that's my purpose. So I want you to think about what that moment looks like for you. What are you doing in those moments? It's not always work. Sometimes it's, it's a leisure activity. Maybe, maybe it's parenting, right? Find out what is your moment. And that, my friend, will help you start zeroing in on what your gifts, your talents, and or your purpose is, okay? All right, final tip, okay? So that last tip was for a tip for a person who still doesn't know. They sit down and do that exercise and they're not sure. This tip is for a person who does know, okay? So you know, you do know what your gifts and your talents and your purpose are, Um However, you're still not doing it. You're still not living out your purpose. You're still not obedient. So you're able to plainly state, right? You don't have to do any guesswork, any, you know, evaluation. You are able to plainly state what your gifts, your talents, and your purpose is. However, you're still not doing it, right? You're like in this job you don't like or, you know, you... Um, feel like you're you're in a situation, right? Like a, um, maybe a relationship, a marriage, or a financial situation that at this moment won't really allow you to shift over into the lane you're supposed to be in, okay? And so something is going on in life where you know your gift, talents, and purpose, but you feel that you're unable to shift over into that lane. So you're steadily riding the wrong lane, right? Um, and it is killing you. Right. It's killing you, maybe physically and mentally, emotionally on the inside. It's taking a toll on you because you're not living out your thing, even though you know what your thing is. This tip is for you. The tip is to create an exit and enter strategy. Listen closely. Oftentimes, um, when me and Jay are doing the podcast and we're giving tips to individuals and specifically when we're talking about stress, um, One of the things we say about stress is that the stress is the stress because not because it exists, but because you haven't created an exit strategy. So you're stressed uh, financially or you're stressed career professionally or you're stressed relationally because you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel because you haven't lit the bulb, honey, right? You have not created an exit strategy. And so because you haven't created an exit strategy, you feel stress, overwhelm, angst, and anxiety. Your cortisol levels are chronically elevated. It's a whole problem, okay? However, here's my suggestion to you. Not only do you need to create an exit strategy, if you know your gifts, talents, and purpose, and you're not living them out, you need to sit down and map out how you're going to switch lanes, literally. But 
you also have to create an enter strategy. Okay. Now, exiting out of a situation is not the same as entering into a new one. And I think that that is one of the things that we often miss out on and that we may create the exit strategy. You know, you set the date when you're going to leave the job. You plan, you know, to give a two week notice. You write out your letter of resignation um, or relationship. You know, you apartment search, you um, you know, pack your bags, you go over the discussion in your head that you're going to have with your spouse, your mate, whatever you research, you know, what it costs a divorce lawyer or whatever. Like, I don't want to be negative or extreme, but these things happen. This is life. Right. Um, and so that's your exit. You have your exit strategy. Like you put your money aside, you start saving cause life about to look different, right? That's all exit strategies. But what a lot of us fail to do is create an enter strategy. We got exit and we got enter. Some of us just exit and then we in a hallway. <laughs> you feel me? Because you know, you know me and JB all over those metaphors, okay? So let's just create one right now. She would love it, right? So you exit, but now you in a hallway because you don't have a strategy to enter into that next phase, that next chapter, that next door, that next doorway, right? And so that's also one of the things we often miss out on is being intentional about creating that enter strategy. So now we have to create what it looks like. How do, okay, speaking is my gift. How do I exit from social work and enter into a world of speaking? Those are not the same things. See, I had to exit out of social work and I get a round of applause and a pat on the back for that. And part of the reason most of us don't create an enter strategy is because exiting is what makes the world proud. And so, you know, people, oh my God, you taking a leap of faith. I'm so proud of you. That's amazing. You did it. Good job for not, you know, living out your life with a career you don't like. And so because you get pats on the back in the hallway, you never even plan how to get out the hallway and into the next door. And so we have to remember that the work ain't done once. So once I left social work, I had to create a strategy to enter into a world of speaking and entrepreneurship and health and whatever my next step was going to be. And that enter strategy had to look a certain way. Right. So things wouldn't fall apart. So, you know, I had to plan out. Okay, I want to be a speaker. What does that look like? What do I need for that? What's my enter strategy to getting in the speaker world? Okay, I learned I need to start doing some free gigs just so I can, you know, um, make sure I'm mastering this thing at a high level. I need to basically practice speaking. How do I practice speaking? By offering, you know, to speak for free. What else? Okay, I need a a media kit. Okay, I need a speaker one sheet. Okay, I need a, a website about myself that, you know, gives my bio and shows um, you know, some clips of me speaking. Okay. I also need to get my name on these speaker databases and, um, on these email lists to be notified when speaking gigs are available. Okay. Now, what do I want to speak about? Let me go master that. Oh, I want to speak about health. Okay. So let me master health at a high level so that I can target different conferences or, um, events and symposiums that are centered around health and I can be one of their speakers. So I needed an enter strategy, not just an exit. I was exiting from social work. That ain't got nothing to do with me entering into speaking. And so usually the ball is dropped in that hallway and that perfect little gray area from when you exit one thing and you're trying to enter another. Okay. So make sure that once you have your gifts, your talents and your purpose identified, 
and you know what that is. You create, if you're not operating in those things, you create that exit strategy and you're just as intentional intentional and purposeful about creating that enter strategy. Okay. And I just want to remind you one final thing about obedience, which is, listen, we're all on a continuum where we all have a role to play. And if everyone is obedient on this continuum, we'll be successful. Your, 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 your talent or your gift, for example, could be doing hair. Everything ain't deep, right? Like talent, we need good hair. I'm about to text my hairdresser right now, matter of fact, and just, you know, send her some heart emojis and tell her how much I miss her doing this pandemic. Cause honey, I don't wash or blow dry my own hair. That girl is needed in my continuum. Okay. So listen, even if your talent is something as simple as doing hair and you're during the midst of this pandemic, doing hair tutorials online, like you are a hairdresser, you own a salon or you work at a salon and that is your jam. You've been doing it for years. You absolutely love it. It's where your gifts and your talents are realized in that hair shop. So in the middle of the pandemic, we are social distancing. So we can't be around or touching one another. So as you as a hairdresser, if you went online and started doing tutorials about how to properly wash, wash your hair, what products we should and shouldn't be using right now because of the weather or whatever's going on. Um, if you're doing tutorials and teaching me how to do my own hair because I'm being forced to do my own hair, then what is it going to do? It's inevitably going to boost my own confidence, which means I'm now willing to stand more firmly in my own uh, gift and purpose, which for me happens to be in the public eye. Right. And so I'm like a couple weeks into this pandemic and I'm starting to feel a little self-conscious about how my head looking. Y'all don't understand how I do not wash my own hair. So now I'm like, Lord, I got to take these braids down. I got to wash my own hair and I'm panicking. Like, guys, I don't even own a blow dryer. Like, this is serious business. OK, feel for me. And so um, but if, if my hairdresser or whoever the, the talented, if you are the hairdresser and that is your talent your or your gift or your purpose, and you go online and you're teaching me and walking me step by step on how to do this, it um, eventually, wait a minute, what word am I looking for? Whatever it does, if you're living out your purpose, it then allows me to live out my purpose in a higher way because I now have the self-confidence needed to teach these classes online on video and I'm not self-conscious about the way my hair is looking or forced to wear a hat or a hair wrap. I feel more confident, right? And so that is my hairdresser's purpose on this continuum. So continuum. So when she's obedient, it allows me to be even more obedient. So wherever you fall on the continuum, never think that your thing is not meaningful because when it's your purpose, we're going to be attracted to you anyway, right? And what you do is going to then help the rest of us do what we do at a high level. So obedience now more than ever in the middle of a pandemic is extremely important. It's extremely critical that we all lean in and become obedient. So take from this podcast today something that you need. Maybe you know your gift, you don't know your talent. You know your talent, you don't know your purpose. Figure it out. Figure it out and begin to lean into it. And whatever that looks like in a small way, in a big way, maybe you're just starting your household and then it trickles out to the rest of us. However it happens, you need to begin to lean into your gifts, talents, and purpose 
and become obedient so that the world, because we're all codependent on one, one, one another, so that the world can flow and exist as it should. That's all I have for you guys today. I'll see you back here later this month with the fifth episode of Obedient. You guys take care.